Upend and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old man Grognard here. little groggy, but I'll be all right. Nice Wednesday morning. I've got another New Mexico musing to play. But before I do that, I was just reading Eric Fabiashi's article about Temple of Elemental Evil, which I find rather interesting. He's always got an interesting blog. I like listen. I like reading to it. <laughs> I like listening to it. That shows you how groggy I am. But it started me thinking because my Saturday group just happens to be going through this. And I've come to appreciate it more because I do have a copy of it. And I I always, well, first thing I want to do, of course, he showed me how to, you know, he's done this before. And a lot of people have done this before. First thing I do is take it out of Greyhawk. I'm not too crazy about Greyhawk. Greyhawk, I've got the World of Greyhawk box set without the box. And I read through it, and it's mostly, oh, they're up their butt about politics and who's who's screwing who, who's trying to conquer who, who's backstabbing who. And it's like, I don't care. I'm sure it's a great place to adventure, but I can use my, I'd rather use my own world or something else like the realms. Uh, they may say the, the realms is too overdone, but I kind of like it. So... You know, there we go. So I would put it somewhere else. And he's right. It does fit into Astonishing Swordsmen and Sorcerers of Hyperborea quite well. So I might think of doing that. I also, he talked about there's more than one cult in there doing their thing. And it's all evil and such. And the first thing I thought of was, how do you link this to the Lost City? Because that module is pretty much the same. And it could be the same evil people from there that's running the temple or vice versa or something and there might be some way you could hook it up say put it in a forested area near a desert or something so that would be an interesting thing i'm going to have to look into that because i did as you know i did the Isle of dread when we were in new mexico and the lost city might be fun if i can keep it in balance see i'm a very simple dm I'm not only a lazy DM, but I'm a simple DM. That's why I'm always trying to simplify things. That's why I like the older editions where I can make a ruling and not a rule. Because I'm kind of a person that you throw too much at him and he has too many balls juggling in the air. They all fall. They do. For for real. <laughs> that's That's about all I can say about that. But if I could combine the two, I think that would be a nice little adventure. Or a nice big adventure, actually. There's lots of treasure in both places and you know, a lot of monsters to kill. Maybe the thing controlling the lost city, that, that demon down at the bottom, has something to do with the Temple of Elemental Evil. Anyway, let's get into the New Mexico stuff. Today, I want to talk about padding. Now, I'm not playing these in order. I did it one every day, and I'm not really playing them in order because yesterday I played like the July 4th one, and this one's probably an earlier one. But this is about padding and stretching out your encounter when you have to. And maybe padding isn't a bad thing. Anyway, let's take a listen. 
Day before 4th of July, sitting on the back porch in New Mexico. Boy, for this view every morning, I'd be happy. So I hope everybody's doing well. I seem to be doing okay. Had a little game last night, got me to thinking. And uh, I had my grandkids, all four of them, with characters. My youngest grandson joined us last night. And it started thinking about sort of thinking about pacing and padding in a role playing game. And padding isn't always bad. But it needs to be like everything else, it needs to be judicious in a game. We are getting ready to do Isle of Dread and I wasn't ready for them to go there yet, even though I had them make up third level characters. I figured they need they need at least one more level to get there. And also, with my youngest grandson, I wanted him give him a chance. He was playing a cleric in Labyrinth Lord. And he was playing a cleric, and he I wanted to give him a chance to, you know, flex his muscle a little bit, as far as that goes. And so I hauled out, last night and tonight, I hauled out a couple of one-page dungeons, and we ran through it as kind of a prologue. Also, I wanted to... I I have to do things with them that I don't ordinarily do with a regular group. Kids that age, well, Gage is 14, but they need a little more push than the usual player if they're not very experienced. I mean, Gage, you know, he's he's turned into a a heck of a role-playing gamer. And I love watching him mature in that respect, but still, sometimes they need a little push, and sometimes I have to be a little more obvious than I want to be. In other words, they went through a tower, not a tower, but they went through this tomb to put this cleric to rest who turned into a ghoul. This was before my youngest got into the game. They got some experience, and they were halfway there. And I decided, why don't I run the Gibbering Tower, which is a sample one-page D&D, or rather Labyrinth Lord dungeon that Goblinoid gave out in 2011 in Gen Con for a sample dungeon. And it worked out pretty well, but I kind of had to not really fudge it a bit, but give them a little, like I said, give them a little push. And also I wanted to figure out a way, it helped me figure out a way of how to start the Isle of Dread. Because Isle of Dread is a great sandbox, and they give you a little bit of it at the beginning. And it's more like, here's the thing, and here's the map, here's the, the journal. And you have to you have to kind of figure it out for yourself as far as how to get the players involved, how to get the players going. So what I did was they found in the first dungeon, they found in the first the tomb, they found a skeleton who had on him a ma- a, a the, the, the captain's log from the Isle of Dread because he happened to be one of the crew members who later, who got back and later on went on his own thing and end up getting killed. And so that gave him the one clue. So the second one was, okay, what are they going to do with this? And he didn't seem to know what to do with it. It's like, okay, that's interesting. 
So what I did was they found this uh, gem, this ruby gem, were 250 gold pieces in the tomb. And unbeknownst to me, or either either that or I wasn't paying attention, this next section where I ran the gibbering tower, I said, do you still have that ruby, right? He says, no, we sold it. Oh, what, are you sold to a pawnbroker or something? Yeah, yeah, we sold it. Oh, okay. Well, what are you going to do with the journal you found? Well, I don't know. Um... You know, and so here's, this is how, this is how I kind of state the obvious course of action to a group or individual, which I really don't want to do because I want them to come up with something. Because I, what player, like I said before, what players come up with, I find more entertaining than what I come up with. And if I have to lead it by the nose, I don't like doing that. It's not railroading, it's just like pointing them in a direction, but I still don't like to do it. So what I did was, I usually use the phrase, may I make a suggestion? And I said, why don't you go back to that pawnbroker and show him the map, the the journal, and say, we want to mount an expedition to the Isle of Dread. Because I told because oh yeah, we got a lot of money, we got like, you know, we got like twenty five hundred gold in in uh, in that tomb and stuff, and it's like <laughs> it, it's going to cost you more than twenty five hundred to like. You, what are you going to buy a ship? Who are you going to get to crew it? Who are you going to get to captain it? Or you want to you want to like hire a ship? Then that's more money than you have already anyway. So I said, why don't you go back and show this to him? And he showed it to him, and the pawnbroker got all excited, especially when he heard about that black pearl. And he said, I want that pearl. I said, tell you what, I will mount it. You think you can do it? I can, you already cleaned that tomb. You proved your metal, so I can mount this. I'll mount this expedition for you. I will get you a crew and a captain and a ship, and you will leave in, oh, three days or something like that. And so they, they drew up a contract, he gets, he gets, they want 10%. He All he wants is the pearl. They want 10% of whatever, because he, he said he already had a buyer for it. He says, they said they want to, they get, <laughs> they got the sweetheart deal because he said, you can keep anything you find. I want the pearl. And then my, my older grandson countered with, yeah, but we want 10% of what you get for it. And so we were, they were haggling on eight, 9%. And I was, okay, fine, 10%. And I said, but I want to make it conti- uh, uh, one thing in the contract contingent in there. I want one stipulation. There's this tower. I own land outside of town, and I have tenant farmers working on it. And there's this tower from this this wizard who used to dabble with demonic arts that hasn't been lived in in decades. And they keep hearing weird stuff coming out of there, and it's frightening them. I would like you to go take care of that before you leave. You have about three days it's not very far. It should be a simple thing, but I would like you to do that because I have nobody else to do it. So they agreed to that, and that's how I got him into the Jibbery Tower last night. It gave it. Oh, it also gave me a chance to introduce a character. I love if I can figure out a way to a cool way to do a to do a character introduction. Despite my younger grandson's protest, because he wanted to be found in the middle of a dungeon, strapped to a outhouse or whatever. I said, because he became a cleric of, I think we decided Thor. 
And he said, well, I went to the Temple of Thor and got you because you're, you might be dealing with some undead. So I got you one of the experts from the Temple, and it's his character. He says, come on out here. You join this group. Okay. And so he's in the group. Boom. So they go out, and they clean out the tower. It didn't quite work out the way you know it was written because I fudged some. It was, it was like a two-hour, three-hour game or something like that because I just wanted him to get a little wet, you know, stop being so wet behind the ears and and things like that. And they came out with more money and they were happy and he got to, he tried to turn a ghoul and it didn't work. So he was doing what he thought he'd And the only, <laughs> I'm using Labyrinth Lord, but I'm also letting you have access to advanced edition companion. Cause I, I was pull, I wanted to pull some critters out of there and stuff in any way. And they were, Gage was excited because in, his, in the fifth edition game he's in, uh, my friend Jimbo's cleric has spiritual weapon. And it's like, this game has spiritual weapon. I know it does. It's D&D, blah, blah, blah. But it wasn't in Labyrinth Lord. It was in AEC. So it's like, all right, fine. You just want to make sure he gets spiritual weapon. You can have spiritual weapon as one of your spells. Fine. And so they all leveled up, and they're all happy, and they're all primed to go to the Isle of Dread now. So that's kind of a little padding in, on my part. But that comes up sometimes, you know, it comes up and you gotta, you gotta kind of deal with it. Like I said, I had to push him a little for more than I would a regular group because I love saying, well, what are you going to do? And let him listen and then have the world react accordingly. So that's, that's the kind of thing. What I love, what can you do for, for, okay. Say you're doing padding. Right, you have to pat it out a little. I've done this before. I've had a four-hour. I got to fill a four-hour session. Oh my gosh! I only got two and a half hours worth of game. Okay, fine. What can we do? I've added scenes. I've tried to find places where I can like add scenes or add encounters, and not make it seem like they're sitting around twiddling their thumbs or this just like this didn't need to be. Side quests are great for that. I remember Dungeon Magazine. Back in the day, used to have the sidetrack series they would put in there. In between all the all the great adventures they put in there, they put in a little like two two three page two usually more no more than two pages. They called side quests, sidetrack. Yeah, sidetracks. And you could use those because they're just to drop in anywhere, depending on what you're doing. And those are good. Now their successor for me is one page dungeons. If you, if you like doing that, one-page dungeons are great for, like, one-off for one night. Hey, we're bored. Let's do something. But they're also great for something like this. You know, things happen on the way to other things. And if you're really clever, and I'm not saying I'm clever, but I work at it, you can work that into the fabric of your story, the fabric of your game. I've done that a couple of times before where something happened in the side adventure that had some kind of bearing on the main adventure. But I had time to do it because, like, well, it's a multiple session thing. But if you use a one-page dungeon, just Google one-page dungeon. And they have a competition every year. And they sell, or even you can go to the site and just download it for free. All these one-page dungeons, everybody contributes to it. There's always a winner and things like that. But there's like, just like easily like, oh, about 150 of them out there that you can pick and choose for different genres, different things. Some are totally, totally weird. Some of them are, yeah, that'll work. 
And some of them are really fantastic. So one-page dungeons, that's what I recommend. Anyway, start of the game, start of the day. Time to see what I can get in trouble with. We're supposed to go to Taos today. We'll see what that if that happens. And it's all supposed to rain, so I don't know what's going to happen there. And I've got an Isle of Dread to deal with. So until we meet again, folks, keep the dice warm, and I'll have a good day, and I'll see you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air.